So that's a good end point. 
sovereignty of God. Where God has appointed times and seasons. And Jesus said the fullness of the kingdom is not going to be manifest until I return. Och Jesus säger att fullden har inte kommer inte att bli manifesterad förr jag kommer tillbaka. But he says the fullness of the kingdom is related to the way we agree with heaven today. Nås i fullden har inte har att göra med hur vi relaterar till rike idag. It doesn't mean we won't see progressive breaking in of the kingdom until that day. Vi inte ser att inte ska se en progressiv But what he was saying was, I want a people who stay steady when it's small. Men det han säger är att vi har ett folk som håller stöd kurs när de är svaga, när de är smått. Says you can't do my part. Han säger du kan inte göra min del. But I won't do your part. Men jag ska inte göra din del heller. You can't break in with the kingdom. Du kan inte bryta in i rike. But I will not do it unless you ask me. Men jag kommer heller inte att göra det hvis inte du ber mig om det. You see, the heart of this issue called prayer and worship. Du förstår att det jätte saken är detta med bön och lovprisning. It's a principle that goes all the way back to the Garden of Eden. En princip som går helt tillbaka till Edens hag. It's God's desire to govern the earth through partnership. Det är Guds innerliga önske att styra jorden genom ett partnerskap. God wants to govern the universe through a man. Gud vill härska i universet genom en människa. This is one of the most glorious truths if you can understand. Oh, det är en av de mest fantastiska sanningarna vi du kan få tag i. When God created Adam in the garden, och Gud skapade Adam i en sak. He says, "I give you all authority over the earth." Så sa han, "Jag har all autoritet över hela jorden." I want you. To fill the earth with my glory. But then he looked and he said, "But you can't do it on your own." Everything in creation was good. But there was one thing that was not good. It was not good that the man should be alone. And it says that God took Adam and He says, "It's not good that you're alone." And so he took him, and he says, "Let's find a suitable partner for you." So partner for that. I love it that the Bible is full of romance. It's full of comedy. Full of comedy. It's full of violence. Full of violence. There's all kinds of genres in the Bible. And one of the comedy parts of the Bible is when God is choosing a partner for Adam. It says, "So God caused all the animals to pass before Adam." So God said for all the animals to pass before And then at the end of Adam naming the animals, this is the most hilarious line. One of the most hilarious lines. So Adam named the animals. So Adam got known to Dira, but no suitable partner for Adam could be found. Men han fann inte en passande partner till Adam. I mean, can you picture it? The elephant. Och står det elefanten kommer. What do you think about this, Adam? Vad syns du om den här Adam? Nose is a little bit. 
son. But he can be your best friend. It is the proof that Jesus was fully man that he belonged to a family tree. 
Beviset för att Jesus har fullt ut mänskligt är att han tillhörde en familjeträ. You see, there was no distinction between the families of the earth. And God said, I'm going to bring forth a redeemer who is fully human. Therefore, he has to be born of a woman. And that woman has to belong to a family. And Israel, when God chose Abraham, it was about the family. And as long as the family exists, the promise exists. Anyway, that's a, that's a total other subject. Again, I love speaking about it. But a lot of our theology ends with the resurrection of Jesus. Because we said all the glory returned to man at the cross. Jesus died, he rose again, he recovered the authority from the devil on behalf of mankind. And now the kingdom can come in fullness. No, it can't. Because the Lord looks at his son. He says this. It's not good. But the man should be alone more. I will make a helper suitable to him. The reason the fullness of the kingdom cannot be manifest until the return of Jesus is that Jesus is waiting for a bride who looks like him. And when the bride has made herself ready, the fullness of the glory of God can fill the earth. And Jesus has committed himself to releasing his kingdom even now in partnership with his bride. It's possible to have too high a view of the sovereignty of God. Det er mulig å ha et for høyt syn på Guds alder. In which we think if God wants to do it, he will do it. Hvor vi tenker sånn, ja, hvis Gud vil gjøre det, så kan vi gjøre det da. Jesus says, I long to show mercy. Men Jesus sier, jeg elsker å vise miskunn. But I will not do it unless you ask me to do it. Men jeg vil ikke gjøre det hvis ikke du først ber meg om det. The issue of prayer is us being trained for partnership in the ages to come. Saken om hvem har man til å bli trenet til det partnerskapet som kommer skal? You see, fruitfulness in a marriage comes through intimacy. Du skjønner fruktbarhet i et ekteskap kommer gjennom intimitet. Fruitfulness in marriage comes the closer the man and his bride are together. Fruktbarhet i ekteskapet kommer dess nærmere mann og kvinne kommer hverandre. The more compatible we are for our bridegroom. Dess mer samlingbare blir vi. And so the increase of the kingdom, even as we wait for the return of Jesus, is to the extent that we partner with Jesus even now in prayer. 
That's why this reality called the house of prayer is so dear to the heart of God. Derfor er denne virkeligheten med bønnens hus, house of prayer, så utrolig dyrebar på Guds hjerte. Because prayer is the place where we can partner with Jesus right now. For bønn, det er en del hvor vi kan være som en partner med Jesus akkurat nå. To see his kingdom come on the earth. Slik at vi skal få se hans rike komme på jorda. Prayer is the place where we come into the chamber of the king. Bønn er det sted hvor vi kommer inn i kongens kammer. And we do pillow talk. Og så har vi utplass. We whisper in his ear. Vi visker i øret. As he looks at us, he says, "Tell me what you want." Also, How many of you know where there is true intimacy between a bride and a bridegroom? The bride desires what is on the bridegroom's heart. So, so And the bridegroom is in unity with what is on the bride's heart. Og brudgården, han er et hjertesitt med det som er på brudens hjerte. It's all one flock. Det er en flyt alt sammen. We tell him what he tells us to tell him. Vi sier til ham hva han sier om vi skal fortelle ham. And this is this glorious partnership. Og det er herlige partnerskapet. In the place of prayer. I bønnens del. And so we've been talking a little bit about that revelation. Så vi har snakket litt om den oppenbaringen der. But we're called to ask him for things. Vi er kalt til å be om noen ting. But until we understand that this is about bridal intimacy. Until we forstår at dette har med intimitet mellom et ekte par. Prayer can be difficult. Så kan det være tøft å be. But the reality is this. Men virkeligheten er denne. We see in part today. Vi ser stykkevis i dag. But we're still called to ask him for things. Men fortsatt så er vi kalt til å be om noen ting. The kingdom will not go forth unless we talk to him. Riket vil ikke gå frem før vi begynner å snakke med ham. And Jesus is looking at his bride and saying, Let me hear your voice. Og Jesus ser på sin brud og sier, La meg høre din røst. Come before me, let me see your face. Kom frem for meg, la meg se ditt ansikt sin. Let me hear your voice. La meg høre din røst. So that we can leap on the mountains. Så vi kan hoppe på fjelltoppene. So that together we can release the kingdom. And we get that vision. Many of us in a conference like this will get a vision. But the truth is. The journey is more difficult than we realize. It's more difficult for several reasons. Because we say yes to the vision. For we say ja til visjonen. And then the enemy confronts us with our weakness. Og så kommer fienden og konfronterer oss med vår svakhet. We say yes to the vision. Vi sier ja til visjonen vi. And we see the greatness of the task ahead. Og vi ser storheten i oppdraget som ligger foran. And we go, surely my prayer does not make that much difference. Og så tenker vi, men mine kan ikke utgjøre så stor forskjell. The song of Solomon betrays this journey of the bride's heart. Salmos høysang viser oss reisen i brudens hjerte. In chapter 1 she gets the vision. I kapittel 1 får hun visjonen. She goes, oh Jesus, if you draw me after your heart, I will run with you. I will partner with you. I will partner with you for the release of the kingdom. And then in chapter 2, after Jesus has brought her to the banqueting table, 
Det er vi ikke i posisjon, egentlig, til å motta hans kraft. 
The Bible says the Spirit helps us in our weakness. Now this is not, I'm not talking about God loving sin. God hates sin. But often we despise our weakness. We despise the struggles in our own life. And God values the sincerity in our heart as we are struggling to move forward. He loves it when we say, I'm going to pray even though I don't know how. I'm going to pray even though I don't feel like it. I'm going to pray even though there's not even a guitar accompanying me. I'm going to say yes to you though I feel weak. Though I don't understand your ways. I say yes to your ways. Så säger Likel väl ja till dina vägar. When we do that, we position ourselves for help from heaven. När vi gör det så sätter vi oss i position för att få tag i himlens hjälp. Because let's face it, we don't know how to pray. För låt oss vara ärliga, vi har inte fel på det. Romans 8:26 says this: The Spirit helps us. Därför kommer ordet oss till hjälp. In our weakness. I vår And see the bride in Song of Solomon, she had to get that understanding. She knew she liked Jesus. But she wasn't sure that Jesus really liked her. She keeps saying, Oh, my desire is for him. My beloved is mine. And I'm his. And he takes her on this journey. Until she turns it round. And he says, This is what you mean to me. This is who you are to me. And she goes, I am my beloved. He And that sets her free to part with him. The Lord needs us to know what he thinks about us when we are still struggling. Herren trenger at vi vet hva han føler og tenker om oss mens vi fortsatt kjemper våre kamper. When we're wrestling with accusation. Når vi kjemper med anklagelse. When we're wrestling through the circumstances. Vi kjemper oss gjennom omstendighetene. When we're wrestling through the delay. Kjemper gjennom at bønnsvaret liksom ser ut til å ikke komme enda. Of seemingly unanswered prayer. Ser ut som det er ubesvarte bønner liksom. But when we continue to say yes, the thing that will establish us is understanding how God sees us in our weakness. Is how the Lord sees us in our struggle. And how he values our faithfulness even when we don't feel the anointing. Og hvordan han setter pris på vår trofasthet, selv om ikke vi føler salvelse. En av de mest kraftfulle avsnittene i Bibelen. Det er Romerbrevet 8, vers 1. Romerbrevet 8, vers 1. Det er 
that talks about this issue. God's zeal for weak intercessors. Guds længsel efter svage forbedre. Is the book of Zechariah. Det er det står i Zacharias. The two books that are given to us in the Bible. To bøger som er gitt oss i Bibelen. Specifically to encourage us in our prayer life. Specifikt for å oppmuntre oss i vårt bønneliv. To encourage the church that has said yes to God's plan to release his kingdom through corporate prayer. For å oppmuntre oss til å si ja til hans kall til at vi skal ha felles bønn. These two books were prophetic messages. Disse to bøkene var profetiske budskap. That were given to a group of young people. Som ble gitt en gruppe unge mennesker. Who had committed in their generation to build the house of prayer. In their day it was called the Jerusalem Temple. Now, we often want to build our house first. Before we build God's house. But God says, if you will build my house, I will build your house. David understood this. Now he didn't get to build a temple. But as soon as he expressed his desire to build the dwelling place of God. The Lord's heart is so moved. He says, your son will do it. Oh, but David, I'm going to build you a house. Many believers are struggling to build their house or their ministry. And we're failing because we've not put the priority on building God's house. And when I say that, I'm talking about what I said yesterday morning, the priority of being a priestly people. Because when Jesus said what his house was, he said it's a house of prayer. We don't like prayer because it is unseen. Vi liker ikke bønn, for vi kan ikke se noe. It causes us to look weak. Det ser ut som vi ser så svak ut. It seems foolish. Det ser dårakt ut. Talking to an unseen God. Prater til en usynlig Gud. There's nothing to show men. Det er ikke noe du kan vise fra for andre mennesker. But God says, if you will build my house my way. Men Gud sier, hvis du bygger mitt hus på min måte. I will build your house. David said, I want to build you a house, God. Oh, God said, oh, David, I'm going to build you a house. He says, your house is going to be so awesome. It's going to involve the Messiah and the glory of Israel. That's a pretty cool promise. But these promises, this value of saying yes to the value of corporate prayer in the day of small beginnings it's spoken of so clearly in these in these books Haggai and Zechariah it talks about how we overcome the obstacles we face how we stay steady in the day of small beginnings. 
You know, in the book of Revelation, chapter 2 and 3, rewards are promised for different things. There's various issues outlined in those letters to the seven churches of Asia Minor. And for each one of those things, Jesus says there's a reward if you overcome in this area. Och för vart av de tingena så säger Jesus här är det belöning hvis du överkommer här här är belöning hvis du överkommer detta. For example, it says if you overcome in the area of sexual immorality. For example, se om hvis du övervinner på området av sexuell oral. I'll give you authority in the nations. Då ska du få auktoritet i nationen. Spiritual authority is related to overcoming in sexual immorality. Andlig auktoritet har att göra med att övervinna sexuell oral. The church in Smyrna. In Smyrna. They were told be faithful unto death. And you will have a crown of life. But to the church in Philadelphia. They were given possibly the greatest promise of the greatest reward. It's perplexing at first. Why did Smyrna not get the greatest reward? Why does martyrdom not earn you the greatest crown? Philadelphia was told, you have a little strength, keep persevering. If you keep persevering when you only have a little bit of strength, if you hold it when you only have a little strength, he says, I will make you a pillar in my temple. You know what a pillar in the temple means? Well, James and John and Peter were called by Paul pillars in the church. Jacob, Johannes, and Peter were called by he says, those who seem to be pillars, I met them. The word pillar means a governmental official. Jesus says there's a reward called being a government official in the heavenly temple in the New Jerusalem. He says there's a group of people that I'm going to give the reward called government officials in my kingdom on the And they will never have to go out of the temple. They'll never have to leave my immediate presence. And it's those who were faithful when they only had a little bit of strength. God places the highest value on perseverance when we feel God. God sets so pris på utholdenhet når vi kjører deg svak. Beloved, even Paul said, if I give my body to the flames but have not love, I'm nothing. Skjønner Paulus sier, hvis jeg gir kroppen min til å brenne som ikke har kjærlighet, da er jeg ingenting. Faithfulness in the small things when we don't feel like it. Positions us for government positions. Because compared to staying faithful for years, 
Going out in a blaze of glory is easy. Så er det lett å fyke ut i et herlighetsflamme. God is not looking for us to impress him. Så det Gud ser ikke etter at vi skal imponere ham. He's looking for us to be faithful. Han ser etter er, er du trofast med det jeg har gitt deg? In every season. I alle tider av din tid. The testimony of the western church is this. Vittnesbyrdet i menigheten i vesten er dette. Many say yes. Mange sier ja. Few finish well. Men det er få som fullfører godt. There's a man, I can't remember his name, I think his name is something Farrow's. John Farrow. John Farrow eller noe hva han heter der nå. He wrote a book called Finishing Strong. Han skrev en bok som heter Å fullføre sterkt. And he did statistics with a few of his friends. Og så lagde han og noen av svennene en statistikk. Who were all on fire for the Lord when they were young men. Og når de var unge, alle var tent i brann for Gud. And he did, he, he did this survey for several people. Og så tok han denne undersøkelsen, og det var mange mennesker som var med i det. And the statistics said this. Så kom statistikkresultatet fra. Out of every 50 people who start well, en av 50 som starter godt, only one will finish well. Av de 50 så er det en som fullfører godt. Only one will finish well. En fullfører godt. Because the hardest thing that God calls us to for the toughest thing with calls to is when we have to walk in faithfulness by faith when we don't feel like it when the enemy accuses us that it's not making any difference when we're agreeing with the goodness of God and everything around us screams God is not good når vi er enige med at Gud, Guds gode, Guds gode, at han er god, og alt ut og skriker, Gud er ikke god, Gud er ikke god. And we maintain our confession. Men vi bare holder fast og bekjennelse midt i det. That moves the Lord's heart. Det beveger Herrens hjerte mer enn noe. More than the most anointed sermon. Mer enn den mest salvede preken. More than the most anointed worship. Mer enn den mest salvede låsen. More than the most anointed evangelist. Mer enn den mest salvede evangelist. God is not looking for the number of souls you can bring into the kingdom. Beloved, he's asking, will you be faithful with what I have asked you to do? Will you stay steady with what I have asked you to do? He's not going to reward us according to What was I more anointed than Reinhard Bonke? Han kommer ikke til å belønne oss ut fra hva jeg er mer salget enn Reinhard Bonke. Beloved, if Reinhard Bonke was given ten talents, elsker det, hvis Reinhard Bonke fikk ti talenter, the Lord is going to ask him, were you faithful with ten talents? Da kommer Gud til å spørre om Reinhard, var du trofast med de ti talentene du fikk? If he only gave you one talent, så hvis han bare ga deg ett talent, it's impossible for you to be faithful with ten. Da er det umulig for deg å være trofast med ti. Some of us have, Envying the guy who has ten talents. And not being faithful with the one we've been given. After the glory of saying yes. Will we stay steady when we come down from the mountain and have to walk forward? Now this was the challenge for Zacharias audience. Og dette var utfordringen for de Zacharias prekte til. Because Zacharias audience had been given glorious promises. For de var gitt vidunderlig løfte. They had got the vision. De hadde fått tak 
Shuma. We're going to build the house of prayer. And the kingdom of God is going to come back to Israel. You see, they had some of the most glorious prophetic promises that were fulfilled in their day. You can see the story in the book of Ezra. They were slaves in Babylon. And they've been living, waiting for a promise to be fulfilled. And the promise was, there's coming a day when a king will come and command the temple to be rebuilt. And if you read through Isaiah 40 through about uh, 52, there's this progression. The Messiah is coming. Messiah's coming. Prepare the way. Follow the way. Cyrus is coming. Cyrus coming. He's going to build the temple. How's going to be a temple? God's then going to restore the fortunes of Israel. If you were to read those chapters in sequence, when you saw Cyrus come to the throne, you would think the glory of Israel was round the corner. Two hundred years after Isaiah said, Cyrus is coming and will commission the temple to be rebuilt. God fulfilled that promise precisely. A man called Cyrus came to the throne of Persia. And he said to the children of Israel, I'm going to help fund the building of the temple. I mean, how many of you would say yes to go and build the temple? You've been slaves in Babylon for 70 years. You've read the book of Isaiah. You go, oh, I'm going to build the temple. If we build the temple, the glory of God's going to break in. Because that's what Isaiah says happens next. Problem is, Isaiah speaks in mountaintop visions. Scripture doesn't talk about the valley of time between the mountaintops. And so, 50,000 young people said, We're going, we're sacrificing everything to build that house. And they traveled. Months across the desert to get back to Jerusalem. They were so fired up. They're saying the glory of God's returned to Israel. We're going to build the temple. We're going to give ourselves to prayer. When we give ourselves to prayer, the glory of God's going to break out. I remember when I got that vision. Night and day prayer and revival. And I gave up my career as a lawyer. And I moved to Kansas City. And I thought after a week of me praying. Revival was going to break out. Well. Ten years later. I was more depressed than when I arrived. Because. 
circumstances is always a spiritual war. And if the house of prayer is God's strategy to release his kingdom, where do you think the enemy is going to target his attack? Where do you think the enemy is going to speak the greatest lies? Where do you think the enemy is going to try and convince you of your weakness and your failure? And there are so many intercessors that have backed away from the Lord. In response to the lies of the enemy. Do you really think it's going to make a difference? There's only two of you in that room. You both have issues. You're a complete failure. Don't you remember the way you fell asleep in a fight with your wife last night? Of the temple. And they said, 
This doesn't even look like Solomon's temple. This thing's so pitiful. Don't you know what a real revival looks like? Don't you know what a real prayer meeting looks like? You're so such failures. Oh, there's going to be no glory in this temple. They were expecting something greater. They were expecting something bigger. And they were building something quite small. Quite weak. And they gave up. For 16 years they gave up. 16 years. And they began building their own homes. Beloved, many of God's people have given up on prayer. Because the answer did not come straight away. That's why Jesus taught we have to pray and not give up. Because in the delay, the enemy comes with accusation. It's not going to work. You may as well do your best to build your own ministry. Make a name for yourself. Beloved, listen to me. If you try and make a name for yourself, God will make it fail. So God will make it fail. And Haggai comes along. And he says, the reason you're failing in building your own houses and ministries is because I haven't got a house yet. You're building a house for yourself, but you're not building a house for me. I am the one who caused your crops to fail. He says, if you build my house, I will build your house. And I know, but God, it's so hard. Are you even going to use it? Where's the Messiah? It's so small. I run out of words when I'm praying after 10 minutes. I just groan. Understand 
the primary prophetic promises are contained in this book. Elsker du å forstå at hovedsakene det profetiske løftene er i denne boka her? Before we seek for personal words, we have to understand what the scripture says about God's promise. Før vi søker etter personlige ord, så må vi forstå hva Gud sier og låter i sin egen bok. The writer of the Proverbs said God's people perish for lack of knowledge. Where there is no prophetic revelation, my people cast off all restraint and live for themselves. We need a restoration of prophetic preaching of the promises of God. Vi trenger en gjenopprettet forkynnelse av kraft og nyhets løft. We need to be reminded that the kingdom is coming. Vi må bli påminnet på at Guds rike er kommet. That God is committed to his plans. Gud er overgitt til sin plan. That he is going to anoint his church with power. Han skal samle sin menighet med kraft. That the bride is going to be made ready. Bruden skal bli opplede. That the power of the enemy is going to be destroyed. At djevelens fiendens kraft skal bli ødelagt. We need to have confidence in what this book says. Vi trenger å ha tillit til hva denne boka sier. Everything else is a bonus. Alt, alt er en bonus. Beloved, if we are filled with the knowledge of his will. Paul prays for the Colossians that they would be filled with the knowledge of his will. He says if you are filled with the knowledge of his will. You will be fruitful in every good work. You will live a life that is worthy of the calling upon you. Dere skal leve et liv som er verdig, det kan det dere har fått. And the Lord raised up these prophets. Og Herren reiste opp disse profeter. Who reminded God's people of the promises of God. Som minte Guds folk på hans løfter. We need the prophetic preachers to remind God's people of the promises of God. Vi trenger profetiske forkynner som minner Guds folk på Guds løfter som er gitt til dem. Not to make up promises. Ikke at vi lager våre løfter. Because there's enough promises in here to sustain you for a lifetime. For det er mer enn noen løfter i Bibelen som kan holde deg gående resten av livet. And beloved, I believe in extra biblical revelation. Og elsker det, jeg tror på at vi kan få oppmerksomhet i tillegg til Bibelen. I believe the Lord speaks today through angels and dreams. But there is a lack of prophetic preaching from this book. There is a lack of clarity in what the Spirit is saying. And if we had clarity on just a fraction of the promises in this book, it would sustain us for a life. Så vil det være nok å leve på resten av livet. We need to get into the book. Vi trenger oss inn i boka. And these prophets. Og disse profetene. Basically what they did, they reminded Israel of what God had said in Israel's history. Det grunnleggende, alt de gjorde stort sett, var også minne Israel folk på hva Gud allerede hadde sagt. The job of the prophet is primarily an underlining ministry. Profetens jobb er først og fremst en understrekende tjeneste. To take the word of God and make it alive for that situation. Og ta Guds ord og gjøre det levende midt inn i menneskesituasjonen. To remind us that God is still committed to the vision. Og minne oss på at Gud er fortsatt overgitt til visjonen. When we feel weak, to remind us that he's strong. Når vi føler oss svake, så minner vi oss på, men han er jo sterk. Because when we pray and we don't 
see the answer right away. The enemy's right there. God's forgotten. God's given up on you. God doesn't like you anymore. God's changed his plan. And the prophets come and say, God doesn't change. And I want to finish with three messages very quickly. But I believe are critical for us to understand as we build the house of prayer. Again, I said yesterday. When I use the phrase house of prayer. I'm not speaking of a ministry called the house of prayer. I'm speaking of building the church God's way on the foundation of prayer. Jeg snakker om å bygge menigheten på Guds måte på bønnens fundament. The first message is from Haggai 2.3. Første budskapet, Haggai 3. Haggai chapter 2, verse 3. Ja, Haggai kapittel 2, vers 3. In Haggai chapter 2, verse 3. I Haggai 2, vers 3. The people say, well God says to the people, sier folket, eller Gud sier til folket, this seems like nothing, doesn't it? Dette ser jo ikke ut som noen ting. This temple seems really small, doesn't it? God acknowledges how small it seems. God is not intimidated by how small our effort is. He comes to them and goes, You've given up because it seems small. He says, I know it seems small. But then he says, This is the house I'm going to fill you. He says, I'm going to shake heaven and earth to fill this house with my glory. Because I don't have another way to release my kingdom but through prayer. And it seems small, and it seems weak, and it seems insignificant. But he says, I still choose partnership with my people in prayer. It's the strategy by which I'm going to release my kingdom. And he says, I'm going to shake heaven and earth to release the resource to enable you to pray. He says, do not judge by it looks little. It looks rough. It looks ugly. But I love it. I'm going to fill it with glory. I'm going to answer your prayer. I'm going to answer your prayer. I'm going to move with power. He says, oh, the silver is mine and the gold is mine. And Samuel's there trying to anoint 
the next king of Israel. Samuel prøver å salve den neste Israels konge. And he keeps saying, oh, this one looks impressive. Oh, han var imponerende. Du, nei. This guy looks impressive. Oh, han så imponerende. And God says no to each one of them. Men Gud sa nei, nei, nei til alle sammen. God is not impressed by what we are impressed by. Gud blir ikke imponert av det vi blir imponert av, skjønner du. He said to Samuel, I'm not judging by outward appearances. Han sa til Samuel, jeg dømmer ikke hvordan ting ser ut utenpå. Judge with a right judgment. Dømmer rett opp. Judge with my perspective. Dømmer fra mitt perspektiv. See what I see. Se det som jeg ser. Oh, I see your weakness. Oh, jeg ser det svart. I see the smallness. Jeg ser det lille. Men jeg skal fylle dette huset med min ærlighet, ja. See from heaven's perspective. See from heaven's perspective. Turn to Zechariah chapter 4. Nå skal vi til Zacharias 4, da. Learn to see from the spirit and not from the flesh. Lær å se fra åndens perspektiv og ikke fra kjøttens perspektiv. If we fill our mind with the word of God. Fyller vi vårt syn med Guds ord. You will see this theme again and again and again. Vil du se dette tema igjen og igjen og igjen? God moves. Gud beveger seg. When God has a dwelling place, He comes with His presence. When His house is a house of prayer, the manifest glory of God does come. When the leaders of Israel they were losing heart, because they were judging from a natural viewpoint. So the first message, don't judge by outward appearance. So the first message, don't judge by outward appearance. You go home, your prayer meeting seems small. It's you and your friend. And the dog howling in the background. Things are not what they see. Blazing lampstand. 
Just like no, this. Uh, seven lamps on the lampstand. And the angel comes to Zacharias and says, What do you see, Zacharias? Well, I see a blazing lampstand. But, but Israel is not a blazing lampstand right now. And what God was saying was from heaven's perspective, it's already done. He said, I'm committed to making Israel a blazing lampstand. I'm committed to my promises. You've given up on me, I've not given up on you. And Zacharias goes, God, but how is that going to happen? And the Lord speaks to him. This is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, he says in verse 6. Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. There's a great mountain of obstacles in front of you. It seems like this torch will never come alive again. It seems like the temple's never going to be built and filled with God. But you mountain of obstacles, God's going to flatten you. And the temple's going to be finished. And everyone's going to say it's beautiful and glorious. He says, listen, Zerubbabel. Who was the one who made it possible for you to start the project? You see, often in the midst of us building, we forget who it was that started the project. We lose sight. We think it was our idea when it was God's idea in the first place. We lost perspective. He said, Zerubbabel, you laid the foundation stone. Sixteen years ago. Wasn't that impossible? You were slaves in Babylon. I opened the door. You laid the foundation. It was a miracle. Do you not? That if I started the project, this year, the project, I can finish it. He who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion. Even if completion is the day of Christ Jesus. He is committed to taking it fully through. Mm. He says, this is the second message I want to highlight. Why have you despised the day of small things? You see, we are not promised that it will be an easy ride. When I teach on the prophetic, my students always won't like it when I talk about angelic encounters and audible words from the Lord. And I say to them, I would rather the Lord didn't speak too much to me in that way. Some of you are looking at me going, why not? 
Here's why not. Because every time in the Bible when the Lord spoke that clearly, for varje gång i Bibeln när Gud talade så klart, it was because there was great difficulty ahead. Det var för att det var så stora vanskeligheter för dem. Man, I would love to stand before a burning bush and hear the voice of the Lord come forth. Och jag vill älska att stå framför en brännande busk och höra Guds hörbara röst. But I don't like the sound of standing before Pharaoh. Men jag tycker inte det att stå framför Pharaoh. Or leading a group of two million grumbling people through the desert for forty years. Eller leda två miljoner klagemöter genom verkligen i fyrtio år. You better believe. Sometimes when the Lord speaks clearly, det skulle nog vara när Gud talar klart. We get confused because life gets difficult straight afterwards. Så blir det så förvirrat för att livet blir så tufft rätt att det bara. Because somehow we think if God spoke so clearly, He's going to make it an easy road. Får vi tänka det fel och tänka att sin Gud talar så klart så kommer han göra allt så enkelt då? No, God spoke clearly because it's a difficult road with a lot of opposition. Nej, var därför han talar så klart för det var en vanskelig väg med mycket motstånd på. He wants us to remember the word when we are in the midst of difficulty. Och därför vill att vi ska huska på det ordet när vi står mitt i våra vanskeligheter. Because he doesn't want us to quit. För han vill inte att vi ska sluta. When the Lord called me to go to Kansas City, och han kallade mig att dra till Kansas City. It was a huge step for me. Var det stort steg för mig att I don't like the Midwest of America. Jag liker inte Amerikas midden. I grew up in England and lived in London as a lawyer. Nej, jag växte upp i England och bodde i London som advokat. The Midwest of America was a very different lifestyle. Midwesten i Amerika är en väldigt avlivsstil. When I moved to IHOP, it was a room about this size. När jag flyttade till IHOP så var det rum större än detta. And the people about this size. Oh, cirka så många människor. And the only thing to do was to pray. Och det enda vi drev var att be och be. That's all we did for years. I år vi sålde på så. We have about seventy-two different departments now. Nu har vi två sjutton forskliga delningar. Because when you start praying, God gives you all kinds of ideas. Och när du börjar be så får du så mycket idéer från Gud själv. But it can also distract you from the first love. Men det kan också bli distraherat av bort från din första kärlek. But I tell you what, there were days when I. Men jag ska säga att det var dagar jag hatade att vara i det rummet. And I got a sheet of paper like this. Och jag tog det som på papper och satte där. And I sat down and I drew a line. Satt man där och såg där streck. Here are the reasons why I don't want to be here. Här är grunden för varför jag inte vill vara här. Here are the things that are offending me about this ministry. Här är det som stöter mig med den tjänsten här. I needed another sheet of paper. Och jag tänkte inte att. Here are the reasons why I need to stay here. Här är grunden till varför jag tränger att få bli här. God told me to come and he hasn't told me to leave. Gud sa att jag ska dra. See when God speaks clearly it's often because the road is going to be full of challenges. Du känner grunden av Gud talar så tindrande klart att han vet att vägen vill vara full av hindringar. And the challenge is this. Will we be faithful in the day of small things? Will we be trofaste på den lilla bönens dag? The Lord values our work even when it's small and insignificant. Du ska inte heller sätta pris på arbetet vart sen om det är lite och 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 inte så betydningsfullt ensinnigt. The Lord cares about your diligence in small things. When we stand before the Lord, we're going to be surprised what He asks us about. When we stand before the Lord, we're going to be surprised what He asks us about.
We'll be surprised, but Lord, I saw this many people saved in a crusade in Africa. Yeah, but tell me about your relationship with your son and daughter. Tell me about your faithfulness with your finances. Tell me about the way that you were faithful day in, day out when it was difficult. But look, I saw thousand people saved in one meeting. Yeah, but let's talk about the day of small things. Let's talk about how you didn't back down when it was easy for you to back down. How you stayed faithful to the truth. How you stayed faithful in your covenant relationship. That was hard, wasn't it? And those are things where the Lord is going to say well done. One of the most difficult things for us to do is stay steady in the place of prayer when there is answer. To stay steady in talking to God about the things that God wants to do. It's being in an unanointed atmosphere. It's being in an unanointed atmosphere. And I don't mean that our prayer is not effective. When I say unanointed, I mean we don't feel anointed. God always makes sure our prayer is anointed. But we don't always feel it. But will we be faithful? We need to see the nobility of our work before God when it's small. We must see how We need to understand that God values the Bethlehem stables. He values it when we're building foundations. You know when you're building a foundation? Sometimes you've got to go down before you go up. It's not very impressive, is it? So don't despise the day of small things. It counts. It moves the heart of God. Finally, he says this. The plumb line. These seven rejoice to see the plumb line in the hand of Zerubbabel. The eyes of the Lord which scan to and fro throughout the whole earth. This is the final message. God wants us to pick up a plumb line. You know what the plumb line is? It's the thing you pick up at the beginning of the project. When you say yes to build, you pick up the plumb line. It's when we say we're going to take responsibility and we're going to say yes. And God says this. I delight. Oh, I have it very well. I have to store every bleed, bleed of the holiday. 
My heart rejoices, not that you finished. But that you said yes when it was hard. God rejoices in our weak yes. God doesn't help us when we're strong. He helps us when we say yes when we're Gud hjälper oss inte när vi är starka. Han hjälper oss när när vi säger ja men vi är svaga. He says Zerubbabel. Han säger Zerubbabel. The eyes of the Lord are on me. Här är ena är på dig. Not when you finish the project. Inte när du fullförer projektet. But because you said I'm going to do it. Men för att du sa ja jag ska göra det. He says the eyes of the Lord rejoice. Så här är ena för dig. And that one of the most important things that we need to feel. Och en av de viktigaste tingen som vi tänker att följa is the rejoicing heart of God over us when we say yes. Det är Guds hjärta som frider sig när vi säger ja. But he looks upon us. Han ser på oss. And he says, I see the yes in your heart. Han säger, jag ser ja i hjärtat ditt. First Chronicles 16.9 talks about these eyes of God. Första Kronikor 16.9 fortäller om Guds öjla. It says, the eyes of the Lord. Search to and find throughout the earth to show himself strong towards those whose hearts are loyal to him. You can put the word faithful instead of loyal. If you say yes to him, you position yourself to receive God's strength. He says, "I want you to feel my delight in your yes." And as you experience my strength in your weakness, you will realize that it's not by your own strength. It's not by your own power. But it's by my spirit that I will get this thing done. God is the God who helps us in our weakness. But He waits for us to pick up the bloodline. He's not waiting for us to finish the building. He's looking for us to start building. He's looking for us to say yes. He says, if you will be faithful, if you won't despise the day of small beginnings, and if you will get heaven's perspective on the project, I will meet you in the midst of the mundane. I want you to feel the rejoicing of my heart. To the book, to the church in in, in Philadelphia. To the church in Philadelphia. Philadelphia. Jesus said, "Yes, you have a little bit of strength. Yeah. You kept my word. He says, I know you just have a little bit of strength. Maybe you only have enough strength for half an hour a day." Maybe you only have enough strength to bump it up to two hours a day. But it's a sacrifice. And the Lord says, I will help you. And 
så må du si yes til. For makkelighetene i det du sier ja til. For my eyes are upon you. For mine øyne våker over deg. My eyes are upon you. Mine øyne våker over deg. Let me see your face. La meg se ditt ansikt. Let me hear your voice. La meg høre din røst. Because though you feel weak, when you come to the place of prayer, I delight you. Your voice is sweet to my ears. Your face is lovely to me. I will strengthen you in the journey. This is the house I will fill with my glory. Will you say? Because if you have a little strength, and if you keep my word, I will release my government through your life. If you say yes, if you say yes to build my house, even in your weakness, I will build your house. I will release the breakthrough. If you put the first commandment first, if you take your stand as priests before the Lord, if you seek first his kingdom, I will position you for the breakthrough in my spirit. So we say yes this morning. We say yes, Lord. We say yeah, We say yes. We say yeah. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Move. Move. We say yes to pick up the plumb. We say yeah to the tabrina, Lord. We say yes in the name of small things. We small things. Let us feed our heart towards us. You're saying this morning. Yes to the Lord in this. Even though I feel weak, I'm saying yes to do it God's way. Even though I don't see it in the natural, I'm saying yes. Even though I feel that my prayer is so weak, I'm saying yes. I want to invite you to respond to the Lord. Da vil jeg gi deg en invitasjon til å gi respons til Herre. Bare kom fra. Si ja, jeg skal ta opp og bli råd igjen. Herre vil få løse sin glede inn i ditt hjerte. Disse sju øynene fryda seg over å se bli råd igjen. The eyes of the Lord. The eyes of the Lord. Some of you feel so weak. But as you say yes, the Lord says yes to you. As you say yes, even though you're tempted to be offended, as you say yes, even though your heart like Hannah is full of bitterness and misunderstanding. The Lord says, I will meet you in that place. As you pour out your soul with anguish before me. 
Jag stämmer ner. Jag är min Gud av nåd. Gud ser. Raise up pillars in the house of the Lord. Raise up steps in the 
raise up pillars in the house of raise the Lord. Up the raise up pillars. Raise up you have a little strength, but you persevere. Du har en liten styrke, men du holder. You will be a pillar. Du skal være en støtte i ditt hus. You will be a pillar. Du skal være en støtte. Så da, hvis du bare ikke slutter. Så da, hvis du ikke slutter. Det er en god idé, det er. 